Hello, everyone. Rebecca Reinhardt here, the unintentional porn star. Yes, you heard that right. Last season, we took you through the logistical side of what it was like having a personal sex tape posted online without my consent. This season, I want to focus on healing. I hope that through my story, I can just inspire you to become the best version of yourself because you are amazing. So let's talk, shall we? Let's talk tough talks. Just a personal disclaimer that I am not an expert on any of these topics, and I do encourage you to go reach out for some real help if you need it. There is nothing wrong with reaching out for help, and in fact, it has helped me get to where I am today. I can't wait for us to go through this podcast, and I am losing breath. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tup's Talks. I am here with my friend, Nicolette. Today, we are going to be talking about mental health. We're going to kind of see where it goes. Um, We have a lot to talk about. Nicolette and I know each other and we hang out and the conversations just roll. So we are hoping to roll with intention today. And Nicolette has been sharing her story about her mental health process and how she is overcoming her own um, challenges. And then now she's wanting to talk about it and help other people, which is so funny because that's kind of what I was doing on season one without knowing. And now we're doing this with other people. So I feel very special and very grateful to have Nicolette here. Hello, Nicolette. Hello, Rebecca. How are you today? I'm wonderful. We're just enjoying a sunny, sunny, snowy, (laughs) excuse me. Oh my goodness. My, it's my, freaking snowing like so, I'm wow I, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting what I wish was happening right now uh. <laughs> um, so I would like to actually just get right into your story mm-hmm. and I know that right now you are at a point where you're just starting to talk about it mm-hmm. um, you actually just did your first post today I did um, yes sharing it with the world so I guess first um you know, if you want to talk about, give a general outline of what the post was and your intention behind it, and you already have things happening. So if you want to kind of go into that and yeah, let us know where you're at in your journey. For sure. Um, so like I mentioned in my Instagram post, um, I was a very sensitive, shy child and everyone just thought I was shy. Like there was nothing else to it. Mm -hmm. And when I turned about 11 years old, my anxiety was through the roof. Like it was, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was obsessed where my parents were at all moments Mm -hmm. and they had been going through a divorce. So that makes sense. But it literally came overnight and it didn't make sense. Like so young to be going through so much anxiety, which is so interesting though, because anxiety actually does start at a very young age, we just don't understand it. Yet. Well, you don't so, know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, this is normal, I guess. And I just kind of started my own strange coping mechanisms to deal with it because, you know, mental health awareness was not that mm-hmm. strong like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. like it is now. And my, you know, my parents didn't know what was going on. The school didn't know what was going on. They just kind of thought I was some shy kid. It was just kind of weird, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because a lot of the times, like, to me, you're not shy. And a, a lot of my friends now that say they were shy as a kid, it's like some, a part of me wonders, is it just because we're just trying to cope and we don't know how to vocalize it or something or be supported by it, you know? Like, I oh, just don't, yeah. don't know. Because to me, you're like this outgoing 
person. And I'm like, oh, shy. But it's, yeah, that's what you were. And that's like yeah. where you were at. And I still feel shy. I definitely do. And people are always like, like you said, like, mm-hmm. really? What? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, things just got progressively worse as I went through school. I was bullied. I didn't fit in. I was like a very old soul as well. So mm-hmm. I kind of was like, I will have the Rolling Stones. And I, <laughs> you know, I also love the Spice Girls. So I had the balance. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I just didn't fit in with girls my age. They were really mean to me. And guys just kind of didn't know what to do with me. And Mm. I just kind of did my own thing. Hmm. But um, yeah, I did horribly in school. I hated going to school. I didn't excel. They diagnosed me with a learning disability. Um, I'm like, okay, cool. And then there wasn't much support for that. And there wasn't mm. much else done with it. it was like cl- I feel like a lot of the times, maybe in the past and possibly even still now, mm-hmm. it's like you diagnose and that's it. Whereas it's like, hold on, this is actually a lot more complex. And there's a lot more behind why somebody is dealing with either educational learning issues or like socializing or something like to me it's so complex and so layered and has a lot to do with like our personal journey Mm -hmm. whereas I feel like a lot of the times doctors in society are like oh no it's just this and you're like okay I guess I don't know did you feel like that related to you looking back or like how did you feel about that I just felt really I felt stupid like I was I was like okay I've listening disability I don't fit in with anyone I know I feel very like I always give a hug to my younger self because Mm -hmm. she went through a lot um me too I'm hugging yeah hug your hug your inner child it's very important (laughs) (laughs) give it a hug um and you know I just was kind of lost in the system which I think so many kids are Mm -hmm. and I don't know as much nowadays probably but Mm -hmm. And yeah, now we're adults. Now we're yeah, so Doing the same thing. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of um, learned unhealthy patterns and unhealthy ways to cope with my dysfunction. Like, you know, what something wasn't right, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I mean, yeah, and it's like you were you're talking about it as if it's your fault almost. In a yeah, way. Like I, I I did this and I. I coped with it in these ways, but it's like, if you think about it and it's not our parents' fault, it's not society's fault. It's just like, we were actually not taught how to deal with the either emotional repercussions or our, our journey or, you know, like we were not necessarily taught self-development or Mm -mm. being aware. And so, you know, a lot of the times I feel the same way where I'm like, how did I not know? And, or this and that, and I judge myself or I judge other people. And I'm like, wait a minute, this actually is not anyone's fault. It's just like, we were not taught to deal with this. And luckily I think the conversations are growing around like what you were saying, mental health or like processing or self-development or what have Mm -hmm. you. But it's like, gosh, it's just at the beginning. So like looking back, it's always like we have to try and have as much compassion for ourselves and other people because we just didn't know. No. And like my parents didn't know. And like they, they're amazing. Like I love my parents Mm -hmm. so much and I'm so close with them and I don't blame them at all. Mm -hmm. It's just everyone was doing their best. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just kind of was lost Mm -hmm. in every sense of the term. And you know, High school, didn't really care, didn't really <laughs> achieve much. I was very, I was interested in like rock and roll music and <laughs> fashion and yeah. And then 
I went, I was in my twenties and then that's kind of when it started to get worse hmm. and things so interesting. Like developed louder. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what did, what did that look like for you? Like, how did it get worse? Um, well, also I think a part of it is like, again, I can't be too hard on myself because I think everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people have crazy twenties where lots of different you're learning a lot. You're learning a lot, different relationships, you're, you're partying, you're experimenting, you know, but I, <laughs> I had a lot of fun times, but it was just a lot of dysfunctional relationships, dysfunctional people, um, avoiding things, um, depression was setting in there and anxiety was still there. Anxiety was still there for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. All, well, it all works together, really. But the depression it. came out more. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it sounds like just like the toxicity of your patterns and habits and mm-hmm. things that were in your life was just like heightened. Yes. And because you're in your 20s, there's so much energy and like there's so much exploration that it was almost just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like. And you're, yeah, totally. Yeah, and you're still yeah. developing and growing. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I always kind of had the, these mean girls in my life, mm-hmm. my life. And, um, the guys started liking me, but the girls still were <laughs> like being so many theories behind that, but okay. Yeah. So then you're in your twenties yeah. and you know, things are getting louder and feeling a lot more heightened. And then, so what kind of happened as you moved into your thirties or when, when was there a point that something you felt a shift or that something shifted? Like a breaking point. Oh, almost? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Is that what happened? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, twenties tumultuous, but then, you know, I always had, was good at my job. I always was responsible. I was very worried about what people thought of me. I was a people pleaser, uh, still always remained very close with my parents. So I wasn't like some degenerate who was like going off the rails and like mm-hmm. not, showing up mm-hmm. but inside my turmoil was so deep and mm-hmm. I relied on Ativan mm-hmm. as a crutch because it was the only way that could, uh, my brain could shut off and you know we didn't do that alcohol didn't do that um you know other things that I experimented with had not done that and so I find this drug called Ativan which you know, if taken in a situational experience is great if you're having a panic attack, but it's highly addictive mm-hmm. and they don't tell you that they just give it to you. Like, and the doctor I had at the time was this old school guy. He didn't care. He's like, here you go. And just kept filling my prescription. And again, it's not even the doctor's fault. No. Literally like how they were trained. Exactly. You have a problem. You don't find a solution. You don't treat the actual cause. You just deal with the symptoms and we, uh, we doctors, us, mm-hmm. society, were just thrown these, like, kind of simple, they're not even solutions. They're, like, simple things. Band-aid. Like, exactly. They're a band-aid. They cover it up. They mask it. It's like, well, you want to be a part of this normal society? Well, here's how you're going to have to do that. You're yeah. going to need a drug because you're off the rocker, and we need to fix you. Or it's like, oh, hold on a second. Like, I'm not off the rocker at all. In fact, I'm like, I know I'm onto something. Like, why can't we foster that and see what's actually going on? Which... Um, I think we might talk about with you, like, I Mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of maybe what's happening now. So, Mm -hmm. sorry. So, okay. So you were on, you were, um, going to your doctor, they gave you Ativan and that's where you were at. Nothing else was working. Uh So, um, yeah, maybe continue. Yeah. So the Ativan thing, it's, you put it under your tongue, it dissolves 20 minutes. You're like love and life. Everything's great. 
wow, I've never experienced it, but I have friends that um, take out of it. It blows my mind. You know? Yeah, and it's it's unfortunately was the only thing because my brain was literally on fire. Oh. Is the only way I can yeah. describe it. Like oh. it was on fire all the time, and and in the meantime, I was in some really horrible um, romantic relationships. I wasn't picking the right people. I think you meet everyone for a reason and I was meant to go through these journeys, but it just compounded everything and made my mental um, health issues worse. Um, Mm -hmm. It just made, it it, it heightened everything. And I just, Mm -hmm. I turned, it just, it was kind of a, it was a gong show. So yeah, so years of, you know, trying Ativan, trying to get by, just doing the bare minimum, but not loving life, not excelling, not living my best life. Just I, like functioning yeah. in society, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like I would go yeah. to work, yeah. get it done. Then I'd go to bed, wow. lay in my bed, so then cry or, do, you know, yeah. not... Not judging you, but like that's what, yeah. do, that's what a lot of us do in life is just like function. Yeah. And just wake up, do this, do that, and that's it. Where it's like, ah, like there's right? so much more to life. Yeah. You know? And I knew there was, and I would get yeah. so depressed because I was like, I love traveling. I loved fashion. I yeah. wanted to be these people I saw online. And in the meantime, it was very interesting because I work in social media and I loved Instagram and I love fashion. So I was always posting photos and I did mm-hmm. actually travel a lot weirdly mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how that ha- happened, but, um, m- Thanks, universe. And my quote unquote lifestyle online looked great. And everyone mm-hmm. was always coming up to me. Like I'd be going to the nightclubs and they'd be like, oh, wow, you just came back back from here again. And mm-hmm. your life looks amazing. And like mm-hmm. literally we get those comments and I'm like, if you only you knew what was really going on in my head. <laughs> like It is a thing with social Smoke media. and mirrors. Oh, absolutely. And I think that there's a whole other conversation there. I think it's already being talked about. I don't yes. necessarily want to dig into that here because that's not necessarily the message. But there is that sense of like you can literally put whatever you want online. And people are also going to perceive those things and receive those things with where they're at in life. Mm-hmm. So if, if they're like yearning to go traveling and, and, you know, they want more from their life, they look at someone else and they, if they idolize you or put you on a pedestal, it's just because they're, you know, it's not equal. Like they're looking up to yes. someone and diminishing themselves where it's like, actually, hold on, you can have that too. And in fact, like a lot of the times you're better than me. And so it's like, I think there's a whole social media like puts platforms and pedestals and it allows us to diminish ourselves really easily where it's like, no, first of all, everyone has shit moments. Everyone, even with the most glorified looking lifestyle, there's still stuff to deal with. Like there's still life. There's still a human going through a lot. And so it's like, just let's all evil, even level ourselves out a little Mm -hmm. bit and take it upon ourselves to be like, okay, well, why am I so gripped to this person? What am I missing in my life that makes me think that they're so much more amazing than me when I can actually have that too? Anyway, that I've been thinking about this stuff a lot. And I think social media allows for a really easy escapism type thing. Oh yeah. You know, anyway, so, okay. So let's, let's, let's focus around that. <laughs> no, no, but that's I'm so a... excited by this stuff, but so, okay. So now, you know, people are idolizing you and deep down you're almost like crashing. Oh yeah. It was like the bottom of the barrel. It was like, really? Like I got some designer shit, but like, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll go shopping, go on a trip. And then I'm empty inside. I, it's like, mm-hmm. 
Where it's like in the future, you know, and right now you can have that and feel fulfilled. Yeah. Like there's an and aspect, but you weren't there. It was like, it was like a a sacrifice almost or like something wasn't right. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. yeah. So Mm. yeah, years of that. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was a slow decline. (laughs) I feel like even so it it declined more, Mm. um, where I stopped the partying. I stopped hanging out with certain people. I, I stopped, um, pursuing really toxic relationships. They did still come into my life, however, but mm-hmm. I wasn't actively trying to participate mm-hmm. in them, which I used to. So at least mm-hmm. I was learning that, I guess. That's huge. <laughs> if you think about it, that's huge. Yeah. For where my brain was exactly. at, that's, that's crazy. Exactly. And wow. I guess what I should mention is, <clears throat> Deep down and through all of this, I am a very spiritual person. So I always, like I was raised going to church because my parents weren't religious, but they knew it would be a up, good upbringing for us. Mm-hmm. So just a good backbone or mm-hmm. good, you know. So um, grew up in the Lutheran church. I like taught Sunday school. I'd like, wow. yeah, right? I know. Wow. I know. I know. Yeah, look at me now. <laughs> so heavenly. <laughs> But I've just always been a believer and everything happens for a reason. There's Mm. like angels or guides or spirits looking out for you. The universe is looking out for you. And I would Mm. cry at the end. I'm like, why is this? Like, why are you making me go through this? Like, do you want me to die? Do you want me to end my life? Like, what do you want with like, what's Mm. the purpose? Because this sucks. Like, Mm. this isn't any way to live your life. Like, Mm. it really isn't. So... I always had, I always knew deep down somehow I'm like, there's a purpose for me. There is like, I don't think I came here to struggle, mm-hmm. but it's really hard. Like, how am I, how am I going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. Yeah. So then what happened is you were starting to think about, you know, these beautiful big messages that were so wise of you. Like what sort of, did you notice a switch right away? Like what? Um, so what happened was, um, I found a new doctor mm-hmm. who was so lovely and so sweet and actually really cared about me. And he's like, okay, let's try this antidepressant. It's a brand new one. It's pretty chill. Let's just see what happens. So I went on it and my whole life I'd been so against pills. I would just was raised in a very new age family and I just, I didn't want to numb, but I'm like, what was the, the option? What are the, mm-hmm. what's the solution? I don't know any other one. Yeah. So I tried this antidepressant and actually started working. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. And I started doing little things. Like I got my learner's license at like 30, you know, mm. <laughs> like things I wouldn't do before. I would mm. get out of bed. I started working out. But I would still have my, my ups and downs. Mm. But it did help level me off. And then came, and I, sorry, I should have mentioned this earlier. I had, I couldn't, I haven't been able to sleep my whole life. For some reason, sleep has evaded me like I to fall asleep takes forever to stay asleep is rare you know so I just never had great sleep health Hmm. which makes sense makes sense yeah Yeah. you didn't know yeah Yeah. so then my friend Ambien came into the picture Hmm. which again is a very very heavy drug and like Ativan shouldn't be prescribed lightly Hmm. but it was the only thing that worked Hmm. and unfortunately it's like a hypnotic it 
it, it makes you feel amazing. Like it just turns off everything in your head. You feel like your best self. You can, like, you're so loved. Like it's, I've never done cocaine, but it kind of sounds like stuff like that. Yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> but it's like a downer. It's like a, mm. yeah, it just feels like, mm. ugh. Anyway, so I, that was working. I was sleeping, but again, it's not healthy. It's mm-hmm. like all these. I'm like, oh, I'm on all these drugs now. Like this is that. not my life. Right. Like this is never how I envisioned myself. Especially my holistic mother's probably like, oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> you know. So basically, I'd run. I'd go through a cycle. I'd run out of the pills, and I was screwed because when you have cold turkey on any of these, it's not good. Mm. You know, I've, I've ended up in an emergency room with panic attacks and the panic attacks started, which I think it's just from years of my brain being maybe on the drugs and not getting the proper help it needed. I'm really not sure mm. still where that came from. Um, so yeah, the Ambien, Ativan cycle was just kind of like, I feel like your insides were screaming at you. Oh, yeah. Mm. They were so angry at me. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, the panic attack. Like, you're like, oh, you're unsafe. This isn't right. And it's like... <gasps> no, my brain was... Like, again, like, I can't even describe mm. it. It was so cloudy and foggy. And it was just... It was no bueno. It was not good. It makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I just want to, like, hug your brain. <laughs> I know. Me too. Yeah. I know. It's taking... It's, like, taking you through a lot already mm-hmm. from what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And it's, like you are here and you're actually safe now. And so it's like, even if the journey wasn't necessarily perfect or, you know, but your brain, like your body, your brain, your, the universe, your soul was like, it was helping you. It was trying to protect you. And it was like screaming because things weren't right. And it's like, sometimes you wish it wasn't so loud. You know? Yeah. It's like, if you think about it, like look where you are now. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Like, go you. Yeah. For functioning it's crazy. in such a state of like survival and like chaos, you know, like and you you're doing it. Anyways, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's crazy to look back at it, and I'm like, whoa. And yeah. it's 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 been a journey. So, yeah. What happened after that? Um. So basically, I went to my mom, and I'm like, I think I need to go to rehab, like or something. Like mm-hmm. I can't continue with this drug roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So my mom actually came with me to my doctor and I was like crying. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, he's like, okay, well let's try taking less Ativan or I forget what, anyways, it didn't matter because it didn't work, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) my mom was like now involved and like knew there was an issue. Wow. The community, the tribe. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So I then, oh, so sorry. Yes, this is what happened. My doctor's like, okay, you know what? We're going to get you referred to a psychiatrist. Um, because I'd been to therapists. I've done uh, nothing had worked. Talk therapy. It just hmm. wasn't working for me. Um, a psychiatrist with a drug, more drugs. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. More <laughs> drugs. So here we go to more drugs. So I got in, I went to see the psychiatrist and this is me at 32 years of age. This was in March of this year. Wow. Um, she was like ADD right away. It was like, you have ADD. Wow. And I'm like, makes so much sense. Wow. Like, ah, yeah. and with girls, it's very undiagnosed at a young age because we fang you know, get our, finagle our way around and just kind of hide it and get by and try to like. Well, we're told as girls that we're, we're more mature than, yes. than boys. And so it's like, we didn't really have the space to be our wild selves as children. I don't feel that way. Like mm-hmm. I felt very confined. And so like, especially with, you're right, with something like ADD or ADHD, it's like, 
we just put a lot on the boys where it's like the girls are screaming inside, but we're taught to be proper or whatever. Yes. You know, like there's so much stuff behind that, but that's, it, that breaks my heart. Oh, it's way. so sad. Um, but it's, I'm so happy that you're mentioning it because I saw that in your post today and I was like, holy shit. Absolutely. Cause I'm pretty fucking sure I have ADD too. <laughs> I like, think, well, I think most of us do. Right? Oh, I think the most of my creative fun, fr- like yeah. outgoing friends, like I feel like so many people have ADD and it's undiagnosed. And, and yes, and I think it's important to diagnose it, but I also talk with my life coach about these things being like, well, why do we have to diagnose it? Why can't we, like for me, I always knew I had it deep down, mm-hmm. but I was like, I knew within my art that I could make it my benefit. And so like my journey and my inability to sit in a nine to five job, I'm just going to use that as an, as yeah. an example. I'm not trying to bash a nine to five. No, no, no. I, I get that's it. That's my yeah. example for me. Like I was like, okay. And I was emotional. And so I was like, you know what? I was determined. I was like, this is going to be my, my brand Mm -hmm. and I'm going to use. And so I kind of feel like I was able to. You used it to your best advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Like without having someone be like, you have ADD. Oh, it can be a major gift. But I, yes. And I also though, and am learning that like, it's actually really important to acknowledge and like, yes, that maybe diagnosed so you can deal with it in a healthy Uh way. (laughs) But yeah. Okay. So they were like, okay. And it's so crazy. You're now. 32. I'm 32. And someone's like, you have ADD. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm like, uh. And then I was really upset and I was pissed off. I was really angry and I was like. Hmm. Why do you think you were angry? I was just angry at like the system and I was like angry at my parents for a second, even though, again, it was not their fault, but it was just like venting and I was crying. I was like, "Eh, my life could have been so much easier. And then I got over that really quick. But anyway. That's fair though. (laughs) That's very fair. And And you're right. It's not your parents' fault. It's not anyone's fault. But like you were you in this situation were really let down yeah as a child and I wish I like I have hope that we're like helping kids more nowadays I, know. I just don't know I don't know either and I hope we are because Ugh. it's just it's it's not it's not so simple but it's so simple it is it's so freaking complex it is. and like there's so much to change and fix but it's like it's really when you think about it it's so simple well and it's because to a lot of boys ADHD they're hyperactive they're acting out that's why they're diagnosed and like you can see the symptoms with girls. It's different. They go like, like we said, I agree with you, but I, I taught dance for a long time and I also have a huge thing against boys versus girls because there's such a spectrum of like masculine feminine energy. And I was like hyperactive as fuck. And I yeah. was like, I was loud and I was all over the place, but I danced and people were just mm-hmm. like, Oh, she's a dancer. Like yes. it was kind of excused. Whereas like, I, you know, I, I was like a boy, you know, and mm-hmm. I, even with my family, I kind of, am like, well, no, like, I think if I was fostered for who I was, I would have been more of like a parkour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I could see you. Yes. I could totally right? see you doing like, that. Yeah. You know, so, but, but I do think there is a lot of legitimacy to like, there is a, there is a view or was a view or is a view of like boys and girls do this where I'm like. I know I can't relate to that because no. I wasn't that. And I still am not. Like, no. I have, I have a vagina. I'm a woman, but I'm like, I, I, I'm literally scratching my head being like, but I don't understand why that's supposed to mean that I'm this, this, or that. It's like, I'm literally just like a, a person. No. Has feelings and does different things and like, you know, but I, it, it's true though. It's like what you're saying is so prevalent in that, like, because you were a girl, your own experience with ADD was diminished in a way or like, you're more mature. There's different expectations. Whoa, totally. For, and so it just like... She's sensitive and shy and an old soul and mature. And right? so, but it's like, no, I would, yeah. Yeah, no. you were like screaming inside being like, no, this is... But again, I'm not, bl- and I'm not trying to blame... No, 
anyone. And that's beautiful about you is like you're able to see that it's not anyone's fault because it never no. is. And it, it was part of my journey. Exactly. Universe, you're interesting. You are very interesting. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you have this psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Yes, I and this was only March. So what is that? Seven months ago? Look what at you now. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> Look at me now. So March of this year, right before the lockdown, like a week before, I was diagnosed with ADD. Whoa. So, yeah, I know. And then be stuck in your house. And then, <laughs> and then she was like, obviously, you have major depression and major anxiety. Okay, cool. Whoa. All right. Yeah, I it knew that. Everything right? And wow. then so Can't run away in there. <laughs> she recommended I take a pill called Wellbutrin. It's like an antidepressant, but it's kind of a stimulant. They use it with people uh, with ADD who are sensitive. Because I'm hypersensitive to mm. caffeine, any stimulant, any, mm. like, I can't drink coffee. Like, I, yeah. yeah, it's no fun. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I was terrified. My anxiety went through the roof. My panic attacks. I thought we were all going to die the end of the earth. Like, this sucks. Yeah. And I'm by myself. I can't, like, at the time, it's like, can't see my family. I might get them sick or, you know, mm. no one knew what was going on. So I was like, you know what, though? This is the perfect time to try this Wellbutrin. Hmm. When I'm at home, I'm off of work. Let's try it. So I went on it. I was like, "Whoa, I feel like pretty buzzed. Like I feel pretty on the, on the wow. like, wow, I'm, I'm awake. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I was getting more stuff done. I was getting more stuff done. And like, yeah, I was, I was more productive. And then I couldn't sleep though. And I was like, well, this sucks. So then my doctor prescribed me another sleeping pill <laughs> to try to help me to <laughs> sleep. <laughs> And then I was on it for two weeks and every night it just got worse. And like, it was, I was getting intrusive thoughts. I like saw the devil in my, my room. I was Whoa, having the like big, actual vision? yeah. And I Whoa. was like, and intrusive thoughts are so scary. I'd never had them like that at this point. It was like basically where some evil or crazy thing just jumps in your brain or like something traumatic from like 20 years ago came into my brain. And I was like, holy shit. Ah. So basically finally after one night of hell where I was like, Literally. I'm going to die. Like this, Whoa. I feel so sick. Mm-hmm. I went them off them. I called my doctor. I'm like, look, I cannot continue with this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, let's just dry you off of everything. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Mm-hmm. So I was only on them for two weeks, but the after effects were like for mm-hmm. two months. Mm-hmm. Ringing. So oh wild. my God. It was horrific. And, and we're just doing this constantly. Like it's normal. Yeah. And I'm not trying, and again, I really want to make it clear. If you're on meds, I'm not saying get off of them. That's evil. Like everyone has their, what gets them through the day. Exactly. Because like there's some things where we're chemically off and, you know, I understand all that too. It's just, it's the, it's the intention behind, I think that gets lost. Yes. Or like the, the way to move through it with that, you know, like there, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. There's nothing wrong with taking medications Sorry if that's where this is, seems like it's Yeah, I'm not trying to let you like, it's how dare like you? It's just like a lot of it's masking instead of actually dealing with the problem. Yes, it's and a band-aid. So drugs aren't bad. It's just like, are, are you actually dealing with the real problem as well as or? Yeah, yeah and this right. is why also I'm doing this is because I want to make people aware that there is another option, which we'll get mm. to. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you know, got off everything, was going through withdrawals after only being on this for two weeks, like my poor, poor body. Mm-hmm. And basically at this point, I couldn't get out of bed. I think my cycle was like, wake up at three, go to bed at like 5 a.m. Like just Whoa. so crazy. Like not, that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. 
not healthy. And I was talking to my mom and I was like, and I don't remember exactly how we got here to this conversation, but I was like, mom, I like, I can't get out of bed. I can't do this. Oh, sorry. Yes. I remember how. So there is a doctor that I follow. His name's Dr. Doc Ammon. And he is um, in the US and he is really big on brain scans. Mm. So he think he says every doctor like will do a cat scan or look at your lungs or look at your heart or you know, why don't we mm. look at brains? Like why aren't we actually looking mm. at your brain? Why are we just throwing Whoa. drugs at because you told me you have this? I could tell someone mm-hmm. I had anxiety if I didn't and I just I, they'd give me drugs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. why are we just basically throwing drugs at things we have no idea about? So I started following him on Facebook and Instagram and I just loved everything he was saying. And I would always send his stuff to my mom. And so she was like, you know what? There's this company in Calgary called Myosymmetries. They've been around for like 40 years. And your, your, your brother, your little brother went there because he, he has ADD as well. And it helped him a lot when he was younger. But I find when you're younger, you have to go again as an adult. But like... Anyways, it did help him at the time. And she's like, why don't you make an appointment? They have just opened back. So it was like perfect timing for everything in my life. It was like they had just opened up after the lockdown. This was beginning of June. Mm -hmm. And let's see what happens. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Then I went into my appointment and I was so, at this point, like horrible stomach aches, headaches. Mm -hmm. I, I had headaches every day. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't like things were getting worse every day, like for the past year, like things had just gone downhill, like horrendous. And so they do the brain scan and you go back in a day and you get the results. And, um, yeah, so we went back in, they sit you down. The psychologist is like, all right, (laughs) here's what's going on with your brain. Wow. And it was, shocking but not surprising like it made a lot of sense but I was worried they were basically gonna say like sorry you're screwed like we can't help you so what did they see or say like what does that look like the what is the analyzed brain oh man it's so it was a mess my poor little brain it was um totally inflamed it was um basically had a pretty severe concussion which in the past. Yeah. So that is a big thing with brain injuries Mm -hmm. and people then who end up having depression, anxiety, ADHD Mm -hmm. is usually a concussion or brain injury. Mm -hmm. So I hit my head pretty hard. So we're going to go back to my childhood. When I was seven, I hit the left side of my brain and smashed it on like a concrete floor. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. So that was the start of it. And I think that's why the anxiety and depression, like as long as me, as long, mm. along as me being sensitive, um, kind of started that. And then they saw my different brain waves and they're like, okay, so you don't sleep. And when you do sleep, you're not, your brain's not resting. Mm. You're basically like just laying there. Like you're not getting any restful sleep. Um, you have terribly deep anxiety that's very deep rooted in your brain your depression is the Mm -hmm. frontal lobe your ADD like you have major PTSD 
from, you know, past traumas, past relationships, things like that. And um, that's like rooted in your brain patterns yes. that you're working with yep. every day. It yep. just happens naturally. Yeah. Right. Okay. And they, and they can see also if you've been abused, they can see drug <gasps> abuse. Like it's, a, yes, it's insane what they can see. What the? Yeah. Whoa. It's scary. It's like, but yeah. It's so empowering. But it's so cool. Stuff. Yeah. And wow. then they're showing where my brain was firing off and, oh and it was like, this is wrong. This wow. is wrong. Like, look, Science. yeah. But I was like, oh my God. I'm like, am I the worst brain you've ever seen? Oh. And they're like, no, like we, we, they, we see stroke victims. Oh. We see people like, and they help stroke victims talk again and walk again and write again. The like, brain is literally our, like, that's what makes everything work. Yeah. Wow. Like this they heal so cool. your brain. It's like. I want to scream it from the rooftops because not enough people know about this. This is literally like life changing for our human, like as humans, we are thinking beings, right? Yes. You know, us so we're animals, but like that is one of our strengths is like going deep and being, thinking of things and creating things, whatever. But it's like, that's so interesting that the doctor, is it Amon? That is the guy from the U.S. Oh. Yes. But the people I went to, that's the difference. Myosymmetries. Yeah. But these people are like... They're pioneers. Yeah. Then the, and, but then you think about it and you're like, but this is so necessary. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like how revolutionary. But it's also, again, the, sometimes the revolutionary things are actually like tied to the most simplistic thing. I'm like, yeah, your brain does everything for you. So like, right? why are we looking at that? Wow. We love you. I know. <laughs> so I was this mind blown. And then I was like, oh, like now what? Like now oh. what do we do with this? Hmm. So they told me they have a treatment. Um, it's called, so neurofeedback is what they call it, but there's also another one called lens. It's low energy neurofeedback system is what mm. they do. And it's quicker. It's more advanced. It's mm. just the latest technology. They do these things with like, you know, like athletes. Oh yeah. Like Theron Fleury went to and the, how to, they like yeah, yeah, so yeah. Oh no. They like my, my osymmetries. Mm. Um, I know Theron Fleury went there and, and they like healed his Sydney brain. Yeah. And he had major addiction problems and depression healed him. And Lots, this is what they did? Yeah. A lot of athletes go to my osymmetries. Do you know what's so insane is that I had a huge, I had post-concussion syndrome and it stopped my life for like two years. Mm-hmm. And for a year, I literally like thought I was going to die every day because my brain was just like not functioning. And I, I reached out to like Sidney Crosby and all these people because I was like, help mm. me. And you know, they're busy, whatever. No one yeah. went back. I'm not mad at them. But like, I was always like, I knew it. Doctors were telling me I couldn't dance again. They were telling me things like, yeah, your oh, life will never that's be the not same. True. And I knew it though without... It, the, it was the brain conversation and concussion conversations were so new at this time. That's when like the Will Smith movie, movie was coming out, but they didn't understand that you can actually retrain your brain and create new neural pathways. And I knew, like, I was like, what are these like, Yeah, they're rich. Of course they have the money and they have access to this, but I was like, but it needs to be accessible. And I know it is. What is it? And you found it. Like, this is wild. Yeah. And like so important because every one of us has our heads too, by the way. Oh yeah. And then like over the years I've hit my head more than once. So yeah. I think it contributed, it was a lot of things, Absolutely. but you know, so yeah. So a lot of athletes go, executives even go to this clinic just to really be on the top of their game. It's not even if you have a brain injury. Right. Like it's literally like, okay, you're a functioning human being. Let's just see how we can become better versions yes, of ourselves. Yes, exactly. That's the motto of this book. It is. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she got distracted. <laughs> I live, I live. A cute boy just ran yeah, by. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> her, her glasses literally fell off. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. Life is fun. <laughs> so anyways, back to the story. Um, so they told me, okay, you come in twice a week for a few months. We do this lens treatment. You basically sit there and we do your strongest points of your brain to the weakest. You do three points every three or four points every session. It's half an hour. You literally sit in a lazy boy chair. They put the electrode on and you just sit there and talk with like the psychologist. If you want, you can just sit there and do nothing and you don't feel a thing. So it's electrodes? Yes. Mm. Low energy. Very, like, can't feel it. It's so, like, you don't feel a thing. And they're basically rerouting your neural yes. pathways in your brain? Yep. To create healthier patterns yes. and healthier. Exactly. Okay. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So I was skeptical, but I was mm. like, okay, I'm going to give it a try because they've been around forever. They, they don't advertise. It's, they just get by with word of mouth. Mm. And they've had so many crazy success stories. And then I was Googling mm. about different clinics and their success stories. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. So my, my angels, my mom and my stepdad, Roy were like, we're going to pay for this because it's not cheap. I'm mm. not going to sugarcoat it. Code it. It's mm. not cheap at all, but mm. they were um, so amazing. And we're like, we want you to succeed. We want you to be the best version of yourselves. So forever grateful to them. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would literally sit in this lazy boy twice a week, and do just sit there and I'm like I'm not even doing anything like this is the easiest thing ever and slowly I was like they're like it's not going to be right away so a lot of people get frustrated because it's not instant it's not instant Mm. but within like three or four sessions I was like whoa like I feel different well so the first thing I noticed was I had headaches every day gone wow gone wow which is like that's huge Mm. Yeah, so no headaches. And then I was friendlier. Mm. I was happier. Mm. You know, I was more social. I was more... Wow. Yeah, so... And, uh, and of course, like anything, you're going to have a, um, drawbacks and you're going to mm-hmm. feel like crappy again, but you rebound mm-hmm. so much quicker. Wow. So I'd have like a bad week or whatever, but it was like... I'd, become, I'd snap back. And um, yeah, they basically... Just kept doing this, kept doing it, kept doing it. And now what is it? November? Just that, October? Oh, it's, <laughs> I'm like, what's it's, almost, it's almost November. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I think I'm at the end of my treatment almost. But, <gasps> you know, and obviously mm. I'm in a work in progress and I'm still... That's freaking Which nice. is everyone. Yeah, that's life though. But just makes my... I feel like it's my true self is shining now and mm. I'm like my personality and like I... I Loved reading as a kid. I would read a book in an hour or like, a day. you know, I would read like crazy. I'm reading again. Mm. I'm sleeping. I'm like creating healthy relationships again. Um, you know, wow. there's just so many things and I'm, I'm not done my treatment there and I don't know when I will be probably in like a month or two, hopefully, but it's, it's changed my life. And I want other people to know about this because I was hopeless and thought my only option was to just barely pass by life and just kind of coast, just coast. Mm. Yeah. Just coast and be on drugs and just that. And what a shitty way to live your life. But I think so many people are in that situation and I want people Mm. to live their best life. And that's literally like without even knowing this, when I started my journey, 
you know, and now that I'm here now, like I, there's sometimes I want to scream at people and be like, you're so amazing. Like you are so beautiful. You are worthy of all these things. You're fucking powerful. Like let's be our best selves. And like a lot of the times I don't even know what I mean by that or how you're supposed to do that. You know, like we all go on our own journeys and you know, my life coach was like a big life changing thing for me and the Mm -hmm. way that I think and process and still is. And then, you know, this brain treatment can help everyone. And that was your journey, but it's like, there's just this innate feeling within me that like, I just think everyone is so stunning and that we are clouded by like these complexities Mm -hmm. and the societal stuff. That's not our fault. It's not anyone's fault, but it's like the true you, the true being of who you are is so magical. And like, you are a fucking majestic Mm. being. And it's like, I, I don't know for me in my journey right now, like I'm starting to tap into that. I'm not there yet. I'm not living in that all the time. I don't even know if that's possible. I don't think anyone can if they right. do. They're a unicorn, but okay. <laughs> what if we give you a unicorn? Maybe we could. <laughs> but no, I think, I think you're right. Like as a human, you're there's two sides to everything. And then even when in quotations bad thing hap- bad things happen, it's to help you get to a more level place or you know uh, totally. or, or help you out. It's just I think that the perception of what we're taught is so interesting. And I just think that we are magical even when things don't seem great and, or they do seem great. And I just think there's this desire in me to have everyone tune into themselves and just shine because everyone's so beautiful and everyone's like, Oh, not everyone can be nice. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) that's fine. But you know what? Everyone has the ability to be nice and is nice. And then everyone also is a shit disturber. Like that's just being a human. Like we're going to be bad. We're going to be good. We're going to have mean sides and nice sides. Like it's so unreal for us to just be like, Oh, you're always going to be this one way or like, Oh, Nicolette, you're such a fashionista who travels all the time. You must be perfect. It's like, no, I'm a sack of shit sometimes. Exactly. Like Like, I just shared my whole gong show life, you know, like, but, but everyone's a sack of shit sometimes. Everyone's a glorified unicorn sometimes too. And I think (laughs) it's just like, if we can be aware of that and tune into ourselves more and have help either by like specific medications or the brain wave treatment or a therapist like it's like if you can find your way and your journey Mm -hmm. to tap into it it's so powerful like I don't know if you feel the same way but when I feel that feeling of like me I feel like peaceful powerful calm Mm -hmm. aware almost like time kind of like stops yes you you oh totally and like how cool is that (laughs) it's the coolest what and like everyone has this ability to do this it's just like I think a lot of us don't know how and it's just start the conversations are starting and there's a lot of conversation on like psychologists and, and natural healing and all these things and these are great we need them keep going but it's just like it's a lot so I don't know. I'm, I'm so thankful, by the way. Like, thank you so much for coming here to my oh, place. I, you're in the same building. <laughs> yeah, we're neighbors, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm like, it's, I just, like, you are, when, from my perception, you're such a beautiful person. And I actually kind of noticed your journey a bit without knowing you. Oh. And, like, you are so powerful and beautiful. And I think what you're doing is so important. And I'm thankful that you came here to share that. And it's, it's vulnerable. It's you know, it does a lot. Like you're already receiving messages and emails and you just posted this today. Yeah. It's just crazy that so many people, like, and I know it, I know so many people are going through what I'm going through. Mm. And if I can help one person just Mm. like get on the right path and know that there's hope because I was hopeless Mm. and 
you know, I, like I said, I still have bad days. I'm st- and, and, and at first I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be the, like a Iron Man. Like I'm going to be like <laughs> superhuman, like no bad days. Everything's great. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but it's just, your bad days are different and they're oh, not wow. as intense and they're not as, you can snap out of it. And then with like, you know, great friends like you, who I think you and I have been going through a lot of the same things mm-hmm. in our, in our lives, not necessarily mental health, but just other things. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get into that today, but um, <laughs> next time, next time on <laughs> love lives. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, we're getting somewhere good with that shit. Yeah. Like, we are going to be unstoppable, my friends. But, um, most of them. yeah, most of them <laughs> or aware of it. But it's been a blessing to meet you and mm. to even talk today is very cathartic for me. So thank you. Oh, I really, I really, yay. I love you. Mm. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. And thank you, Nicolette, for gracing us with your amazing presence and knowledge and wisdom and soul. And um, wow. I just hope that you all feel amazing right now and just know that you are so beautiful and I guess if you have one little small sentence or tidbit or anything, do you have anything to end with? Um, oh, there's so many. I think mm-hmm. I, um, I think that I could give a million. Mm-hmm. But my favorite saying or what, what's connected with me now is if you skip the process, you arrive unprepared. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I thought... Why did I go through all this shit? Thanks, universe. Fuck you. Like, you know, the anger. But Mm -hmm. I was meant to go through this because I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be helping people Mm. learn. Like, I feel like I was truly brought to this earth to help people with their mental health journey. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, not you. I'm still going to hang out with you. Oh, my God. For more information, please visit theunintentionalpornstar.com. There you can find links to the first season's podcast, my books, to a course that I'm creating, and many different features that will link you in to what my life has been like as a dance choreographer. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really grateful for our connection together through this podcast. And please remember that if you need some serious help, there are some seriously amazing people ready for you. Asking for help means you are strong. I love you so much. You are so amazing. I truly mean that. And I can't wait to connect with you somehow, somewhere in the future.